0: Alex Simmons, are you there, Alex Simmons? Yes,
1: yes, yes. I am here. I am here. I am here. And are you there, wherever there is?
0: Chris Ryan calling to you from the wilds of New Jersey.
1: Yeah, I've heard it's pretty wild <laughs> over there. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it's you know, birds chirping and
1: bees humming. No, bees are deer, probably dormant lot, Yeah. So, what the sun is shining. We, we, we can at least say yeah, that. Yeah, it's
0: beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to paint my front door later. The, <laughs> I tell you, <ya>, the exotic <laughs> life of writers. My <laughs> goodness,
1: wow. I mean, the danger, you know. I could hear theme music behind that.
0: That's crazy.
1: Actually, they did a yeah. musical years ago, Paint Your Wagon. So, we'll just do Chris yeah, Ryan, Paint uh, Your Doorway. Wagon.
0: So we're going to do the front door and living room walls. Yeah, I'm going to live in one of those sexy lads. So... <laughs> Uh, hey, listen, it's February.
1: Yes, it is. It's it's that, oh, that month. That month that comes in between January and March and is earmarked with a particular month, holiday.
0: So they say, hey, listen, let's make it Black History Month.
1: Yes, because uh, it's so short enough.
0: Maybe we can talk about Black History Month. Those three words. Yes, oh, man.
1: we can definitely talk uh, about but we don't we usually don't we usually jump into uh, what we caught this week, what we caught a glimpse of. Well, I,
0: I, it's tied to it. I mean, oh, really? Look at that you! Made me Look think at you! About it was uh, the goddess and I were uh, flopping around on Netflix, and we saw Kevin Hart's uh, Guide to Black History. Uh, we put it on. We were pleasantly surprised that it was less stand-up and more informative. Oh, so. The, uh, the format is him at home and having to talk to his daughter um, and her her, her white friend. I think they're both seven or eight, and uh, Kevin Hart gets the kid's name wrong every single time. Um, but she, they were flipping around TV. They happened to see uh, 12 Years a Slave, and she got so mad at the mistreatment and the humiliation that she gave her white friend a purple
1: oh, okay. purple. So his daughter, so his daughter got his upset. daughter, daughter oh, yeah, his little
0: okay. daughter. So from there, it goes into giving uh, uh, an explanation of all the positive things uh, that we can be proud of and stuff. And, you know, it was fun, it was cool. Uh, I learned uh, three or four new people that I didn't know about, so productive there as well. Um, but... I don't even know if I have license to have this hang up, but I always had a hang up about uh, Black History Month. And
1: uh, where are we going now? Uh, Where are we going? Where are we going? You have a hang up about Black History Month. Hold on, brothers and sisters.
0: Give um, him a chance. Give him a chance. uh, (laughs) Morgan Freeman. It comes from Morgan Freeman said it best. He was like, "Well, you know, I'm looking forward to the time when they drop the word black and they drop the word month and it's just history. You know, why do it just?" you know, just one month. Black history goes, We're making history every day.
1: <laughs>
0: ah. And and you know, I, I kinda agree with Morgan. Uh, well, what is this? Just you know, it's a different form of I know it's gonna sound terrible, but it's a different form of segregation. Sure. Better than ignoring it completely, but I think we've been there and done that. Yeah. I would think we could move forward. What do you think about Black well. History Month? <laughs>
1: Well, you know, the only problem I have with, and not against you, but the only problem I have with been there, done that, uh, when it comes to this sort of thing, is I've heard so many, for so many years, I've heard the phrase, oh, we did that one, or we had one of those, when it refers to a panel on black this, or acknowledging a a black or Hispanic so-and-so. Well, don't
0: misunderstand me. No, no,
1: I don't misunderstand you, Chris. Chris, I don't misunderstand you. That's why I started with not about you. But I'm saying when when you recognize that if it's me saying I've heard this other thing so much, you can imagine you know what folks who are far more intense about it or have been more offended by it or have been more challenged by it, what they're going to think. So yeah, we have we as black people have always said we get the shortest month of the year, and it's only one month, and it's this or it's that, and then there used to be the whole thing about well they always name the same quote unquote black heroes. That's gotten better. You know, there's more inclusivity in terms of the accomplishments of African-Americans or blacks. But, you know, again, when we look at it, I think, A, Morgan is right in in theory. It would be great if we didn't have to designate a month in which to recognize subjugated individuals. You <laughs> know, You know, I think it would be great if we could just get to that point where supposedly or for real... People are aware of people of whatever their color, the background, their race, their culture, they're people. And they have accomplishments, and there's good and there's bad. And and that's the reality. Until we get there, assuming we do, until we get there, I think, yeah, there does have to be some acknowledgement, but I'm actually for expanding it in a different way. I don't want it to, at this point, you know, and certainly unfortunately not in my lifetime, and maybe not in my kids' lifetime. I don't want to lose Black History Month but I would certainly like that to extend further. In other words, well, I, somehow I'd like I'd like to see it expanded in a much more productive and 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 in inclusive manner.
0: Well, I have some ideas on that.
1: Oh, do you really? <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: Um one, of course, I don't think anyone should call for the uh loss of this month, but we all have in our pocket or in our purse or in our hand, uh, mm supercomputers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so many of us have one or more, uh, pages on one or more platforms. And from there it's extremely easy to post people. You should know, mm-hmm. you know, um, there was that great book humans in New York where they just told the story of regular people. Um, and I gotta give you actual credit because you were very, very much ahead of the curve uh, about this when, when you first started putting on out blackjack comics, mm. the second bite of the cobra, which was I would say early to mid nineties, you had in each issue uh, a column called Shades of History, where you would take a page from you know, you're very precious page of storytelling and tell someone else's story, someone that you just thought people should know about. And that was really cool. We could, you know, we could reprint those or post those on the Tell The Damn Story uh, social media on your social media mm-hmm. um, and then build from there. And it's not just us, you know. Uh, we have many people who are out there spreading the word you know oh yeah actually Um, you
1: mentioned many people one of our 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 fans or one of our our recurring listeners uh carla um as a matter has been doing that periodically throughout the year but most most certainly this year in black history month she's been posting a lot of the unsung heroes and i'll just mention this one in particular Uh, i don't have it up in front of me but she posted something about Two sisters, black or African-American sisters, not sisters now, we're talking sisters, as in blood kin, who were tennis pros and really, you know, very, very well known at that time. And this is like in the 50s. And this is before the Williams sisters. Now, up until Carla posted that, I did not know it. Now, I shared that on Facebook, as you were saying, I shared it on Facebook with some people. But that's that kind of thing. That you don't know about it until somebody puts it out there on a platform, as you're saying, that reaches a certain number of the masses. And then it's certainly on them, should they wish to, to then share it and it goes in even further and you get an exponential awareness going on there.
0: Well, one of the things I'm going to do is go on your pages or our pages and find color and and friender or follower so that I can get her post too There you go. and share the, you know, you tell two friends and they tell two friends
1: and, and so, so on. So on. <laughs> 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 and we wind up with our hair done properly, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I oh. want to talk about another thing. This is, Wait, this is, are, are we
1: still on you know, pop? Cause I just want, I didn't want to miss out a chance on mentioning something I saw. So let me know if we're moving well, forward or not.
0: Uh, go ahead with the pop and then we'll, uh, And then I'm going to come back to another.
1: Okay, so you mentioned what you saw and caught your attention on Kevin Hart. And Michael B. Jordan, I came across an article this past week that he was quoted in. Um, The article was about, because once again it's come back into the media uh, eyeball, that he's up for the possibility of playing Superman now that there's this whole thing about you know Henry Cavill being out and where they're going to go and how they're going to go forward with the Superman franchise or iconic uh, film character and all that and so what do
0: you think about Michael B Jordan as Superman
1: well two things i'm going to say a what i read and how they were commenting on it was one thing and then michael was quoted in terms of his opinion which i will mention and then i will tell you how i feel about it so one They they put it out there as okay here we go uh, the the second wave of this because this is not the first time it's come up so here comes the second wave of Michael B Jordan could possibly be ready to step into the red boots and blah 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 and I'm reading it and I'm going okay so so some 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 of this is hey this could be really wow what do you think right and some of this is yeah but you know and then they quoted Michael and Michael actually and I'm going to reverse this I'm going to say what I'm going to set this up I'm going to say what I think and then I'm going to say what Michael said. Um, They quoted Michael, and I'm reading Michael's piece on this, and I'm thinking, whoa, okay, this, this rings true on certain levels that I can really understand and connect with. My opinion is Michael B. Jordan playing Superman is okay with me if it were not a black gimmick. Not that he is approaching it that way, but if someone was really going to do a Superman film and here's this actor that they've chosen, because this is going to bring something really creative, or this is going to spin the story in such a way that's going to be fresh, and exciting, and new, and blah blah blah. I'd be interested in seeing it. I mean, I already know on a lot of levels, I'm not what I would call a traditionalist. Um, I've I've seen multiple people play Sherlock Holmes. I have my my favorites of who the you know that guy is, and so forth in terms of certain actors. But I could then be caught up on the like like. Basil Rathbone versus Jeremy Britt versus uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I can look at their approaches and I can appreciate it and I can enjoy it. Um, my Sherlock Holmes play uh, recently, what was that, about a year ago. Uh, a, a college was going to do Sherlock
0: Holmes in the hands of Othello.
1: Othello, that's Othello. right. Yeah, Othello, yeah. right. That's Sherlock Holmes involved in a case involving a black family in the 1800s in in, in London, um, and it's been performed live on stage and things for years. And when this college was saying we're going to produce this, they said, do you mind if we do non-traditional casting? We were going to cast a black actor to play Holmes. And I said, hmm, that's that's cool with me. And then I thought about it and said, what, wouldn't it be interesting if, and I'm not going to say what the if is because at some point that's going to come out, but I then did a, a, a slight rewrite on my script to accommodate certain characters in there. And I thought this could be really cool and this could play with this. So again, I already know that to me it's about... What is this going to do? that's going to improve the story or make it more exciting, or 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 open up a whole other area that we can really get into and enjoy? And it's going to be great storytelling. I'm already into that. So if Michael, if Michael playing Superman well, is going to bring that to it, still haven't
0: said Michael Jordan, uh, Michael B. Jordan's uh,
1: quote. I know that. I'm getting there. Okay, <laughs> are, he's in such a hurry. Okay. Uh, I'm is it, excited. Yes, okay. It. So, you know, if Michael's, if they're going to put Michael in that position for those reasons that I've just stated, then I think that would be kind of cool. Um, Michael said you something mean, to the effect of, Michael B. Jordan said something to the effect of, he, 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 you know, he hates having to be a businessman and a performer. But he said basically, you in, know, in, in a lot of ways, he said if he takes on the role, he knows there's going to be some interesting challenges. Could be some cool stuff about it. It could actually be something that does something positive for his career and all. So at the same time, and the first thing he says, at the same time, he knows he's going to be compared to all the supermen that have come before him, the films, the actors, and so forth. And he already knows that's going to come at him. And I know he implied, because it didn't become a statement about black this, white that. He implied very strongly he's going to be compared, and there's going to be other stuff. So the first thing out the gate is a whole bunch of folks have already played this character, including very recently. And there's going to be this whole comparison thing. And as you know, Chris, you've commented on this uh, on several different episodes about the 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 intensity of the fan base or certain people within the audience who get all bent, bent out of shape over change of any kind.
0: Yeah, well, I, I actually, in this case, uh, I think there's a laughable prediction that you will hear um, angry protests.
1: Well, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Superman
0: is white. He's always white. He's he's a white American. No, he's not.
1: <laughs>
0: Superman is an alien.
1: That's right. He From got off. Crypto. He got off a particular boat. Yep. Right here. Yeah. But here's and the thing. Here's the thing. The other,
0: yeah. The other thing. When was first drawn and published, everyone in the industry was white. Yeah. So and, and, that's and the two why people Superman's who white.
1: the two I don't people who
0: anywhere in the script that says Superman what super white man doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Superman. Well,
1: some people might have said that. Who knows? And the two people who created him were Jewish. And that's a whole other yeah, thing. So they, they,
0: I'm saying on their original no, source no, material.
1: I'm no, saying, no, I'm saying that when we talk about aliens, I mean, come on. The, connect, the contact is right there. The connection is right there. His creators came from a family of people who came to this country to find a new way of life. You know, so they were aliens, and then the, the, their boys grew up here, and their boys created the ultimate alien, right? I mean, right. you can you can call in John Jones and some of these others, but I'm sorry, at that point in space and time in 1930s, Superman was it, right? The ultimate well, alien. But let me finish what Michael. Would, what, let me finish what Michael was going to say. Michael also shit. said that the thing that, that the other thing that he would prefer to do, or would find it more intriguing and challenging to do, is to play a different superman and then he pulled out of the comic book archives he pulled out the character um whose name is not in front of me because i don't have the article in front of me i'll pull it up while we're talking he said if i could play that character it's a superman of another earth and this story was as i understand it, the story was done during the time period uh of president obama's uh being in the office and so he the the character is actually even portrayed to some degree like super president Because actually the character in the other world is the president of the United States. He's not Clark Kent reporter. So Michael said that would then give him a totally different persona to portray and allow him to bring, you know, something fresh to the screen on that level. And I thought, actually, that's very intelligent. And it tied in with some thoughts I had about another iconic character. So that's what Michael said. And and I've already said a little bit about what I think of him playing the role. I think he could physically do it. I just, you know, again, why are they why are they calling on him? What is their agenda? And that would be my question.
0: Oh, Hollywood's agenda? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think it's for the advancement of the uh civilization. I think that's what it's for. <laughs>
1: It's to make the world or, a better place.
0: Is that what it is? You think that's what it is? I yeah, no. think they're cashing in on his
1: box office power. Yep, yep.
0: And he's it's got quite always, a bit of it. Always, always, always going to be about green for them. Yeah, so not, well, uh, not white, and green. Michael B. Jordan or Denzel or Spike or anybody else or, you know, uh, Chris Evans, whoever... They, everybody has to make that creative decision, knowing, you know, the people you're going into business with. Michael B. Jordan said he hates having to be a businessman and an artist, but the business side, you know, why they're coming to your door, and the question becomes: Can I do something that is artistically satisfying? Can I do something that will that I'll be proud of?
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm.
0: And I mean, they asked him in in Black Panther. Uh, Can you be this uh, extremely interesting and complicated villain who goes up against and tries to kill the first black superhero on screen that everybody is going to come to see? That's a lot for him to think about. Mm -hmm. But he looked at the script, he looked at the story, he knew in his heart he could present that point of view. And he did it amazingly well.
1: No argument.
0: Now, if we think about the bare bones, uh, you know I'm a big serve the story guy. Mm -hmm. The bare bones story of Superman is an alien who came to this planet. Great metaphor for Jews who fled the Nazis. But uh, uh, aliens who came to this planet and found good people who raised them with good values. Mm-hmm. And the combination of his abilities from his birth, you know, nature and nurture, and the way he was raised is what created that hero. I think any actor worthy of our attention would be intrigued in that by that story, and I think Michael B. Jordan sees that. I mean, he's thinking of this other one. And I think that's because he has, you know, there must be, you know, I don't feel the pressure because I'm sitting here in a den, right? But there must be, there must be tremendous pressure to walk that high wire between, you know, artistic uh, um, desires and childhood dreams and business and not being exploited. Yeah, it's a it, that's a landmine uh, minefield that I you know uh, I feel bad that he feels is you know is something that he has to deal with, but I can I I will say if they went with him and said yeah I like that idea I, we we picked up that comic book that's a great way to go one that would be amazing because Hollywood doesn't work that way <laughs> um, re- remember Hollywood is the place that almost cast Nicholas Cage. <laughs> as superman yeah okay. and god uh, god bless nicholas cage i've had hours of entertainment from his particular brand of performance right but it it would have been a way way different superman and uh it was burton was going to direct it. it would be a way different superman than anything we would have seen before
1: Oh yeah! If oh, I, absolutely. I mean, I you know, I still remember Tim on Batman. Yeah, it would have been a whole nother yeah. experience.
0: Yeah, if 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 Hollywood could entertain that for a minute, um, I think I think Michael B. Jordan has the weight and has the um, influence now to say, uh, you know, I want to be a co-producer. I want to have a say in where the film goes. You know, and if they say no. Michael B. Jordan will go over to the other thirty-five offers he's got, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, yep. he is a guy everybody wants to work with. So I mean, I would love to see where he goes. I would love to see where it, where it goes. But you know, we've Time learned. Tell. Yeah, we've learned in Hollywood, everyone, Brett. You know, everyone's going to be doing it until they're not doing it. All of a sudden, um, and similar similar thing happened, uh, we talked about before in the show, with Blackjack and Spike Lee's interest. And at that time, they weren't ready for a black hero, you know. Maybe they'll revisit that someday soon and say, hey, this is the time. And then you'll be the one having to do the Michael B. Jordan uh decision-making. Well, know.
1: As, as, I've, as, as I've intimated on a couple of episodes here, uh, there is a dance that I'm in the middle of right now, and it's an interesting one. And when I can talk about it more, um, we will definitely have that conversation here. Um, listen, but,
0: listen, Alex, listen, Alex, thanks for coming in, Alex. <laughs> thanks for coming in. Listen, <laughs> we love your blackjack. We love it. It's, it's gold. It's gold. You know what I'm saying? It's gold. But we had some ideas... <laughs> We had some ideas. What if just just come with me on this one, okay? Come, on. we're gonna go all the way to the award show with this. Come on, here's what we're gonna do, okay? You and me, blackjack Oscars. Instead of an African American soldier of fortune in the '30s, we're thinking a waspish waspish lesbian transgender in 2019. That'll be blackjack. What do you think?
1: <laughs> well, you know if if. If, if, if I had to go that route, I would I would definitely be on a plane back to New York. <laughs> well,
0: it, I mean, it just, we've heard so oh, many yeah, things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Smith tells the great story of, um, I forget which one of the producers, one of the ones that was with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a famous anecdote he tells about the guy, you know, he wanted uh, Kevin Smith to write Death of Superman. Yeah. Kevin Smith, great, fantastic. And he says, okay, all right, a couple of things. One, uh, no cape. No cape, and he doesn't fly, and none of that stuff coming out of his eyes, Uh, none of that. Um, But you know, we want we want you to do the traditional Superman, but uh, none of that. And uh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Smith was like, uh, "Then you don't want a Superman movie," you know. And later on, we he's the same guy says, "You know, you know what people are afraid of." Spiders. Spiders. <laughs> I want, yeah. I want Superman to be fighting a giant spider, and he's like, "I thought you hired me to write Death of Superman. That's there's no, there's no bugs in that story at all." <laughs> so yeah, Hollywood could be crazy, right? Um, and nothing wrong, just in case anybody has nothing wrong with it. Waspus twenty-something, uh, transgender, uh, all that's lesbian, not a problem but as long as not it's not
1: Black Jack. Jack you know, right? Not, it can be any uh, other character I create as long as it's not the character. You know, that was originally conceived as something else. But here's the other thing is, you know, I've had I've had people over the years want to do blackjack, quote unquote. They want to do blackjack. They love it just the way you played that little that little role a moment ago. And then the moment that sentence is out and, and some of the little compliments, then they go to. But does he have to be in the past? Right. And that's that's that one was a line that I heard so often over the years. Does he have to be in the 30s? And I'm saying, you know, and and I would sometimes have a different comeback to that. But yes, it's always, yeah, he has to be in the 30s. That's a part of it. And then one point, a producer said to me, does he have to be in the 30s? And I said, yes, blah, 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 because of such and such. And they said, well, then we'll have to find, you know, if we do it in the present, we just have to come up with another hook. And I said, you just threw the hook out. That The hook was where he was and what he was able to do at that time against the backdrop of all those other things that were going on that is unique and yeah but and so you know ultimately you know you make a decision about you know i know michael's going to make a decision that that means millions of dollars i'm making a decision at that point and and off and on throughout the years it doesn't even come close to that figure but you have to make a decision about where you stand in terms of Ethically, in terms of creative, you know creativity, are you committed to your character or your plot or your storyline because of ego, or because it is significant, or it is true to itself, true to the story, the way it is? And if you are, then you find out, well, what's, what's my price? Is it that I'm going to be true to this thing until somebody hits me with the right number? Or is I'm going to be true to this and cry as I walk out of the building knowing that I got bills to pay and not enough cash coming in? And those are hard choices. Those are, I mean, you know, Michael's choice is going to be hard for him on a whole other set of levels. And then my choices over the years regarding blackjack were intense. I knew two things that, that, and this goes even to what you were talking about black history. There is so much material out there historically speaking that has either been ignored or brushed over and i could spend hours talking about african american or black history but let's just talk about people of color period you know throughout history in america and elsewhere so to me as a storyteller there's this huge gold mine of material that you can ethically and creatively dig deep into and use and tell that brings fresh new material to the screen or to the page or to the stage. And why wouldn't you do that as a creative, as an artist, as a writer or an illustrator? Why wouldn't you want to do that? And so ultimately, that was a commitment. Then the commitment was also, again, blacks only get a certain period of time to shine. I was born in the 50s, and from that point forward in my lifetime, I've seen some incredible accomplishments, but we're still struggling for recognition. We're still, we're, there's still people out there who, who claim in their heads and out loud that we have no history. We didn't do anything. What's our value? Well, you can think that and know it's a lie, or you can think that out of ignorance because no one's been telling you. It's not in the books. It's 99% not in the films. And as those things start to change now, like you said, this is, you know, there was a time period when we were trying to do this, just like they were trying to do the Black Panther back in the 80s. That wasn't the time that enough people were ready for it, money wise. Money, the industry wasn't ready for it. Now it is. And we've got Black Lightning, and we've got Black Panther, and we've got uh, black actors in other roles. We've got Nick Fury, you know, we've got all these things that are happening. And so that op- that's opening there, but there is still so much history that can be presented as backdrop or the focal point of good storytelling. And I just think that that's a large reason why I personally will always want Aaron to stay in the 30s and 40s and to tell those stories so that I can bring forth that truth. Well,
0: uh, I want to... Use that to ask you a question. I'm gonna, one, I think Samuel L. Jackson shows, you know, you can switch switch the gender of a uh, not the gender, the uh, racial makeup of a character successfully. Mm-hmm. Right? He's yeah. a fantastic Nick Fury. But having said all that, having said mentioned the the mountain of great stories yet to tell, with that as a backdrop, is it? getting closer to that or not if michael b jordan were to agree to do superman
1: i think and and again this we had to talk about james bond i think if michael does a superman we have a different story to tell and i think it gets closer to what i'm talking about because the character that he is talking about creating is a black character with his own story. And Michael could play that, plus bring all kinds of stuff to it. Well, I think if he plays
0: me, Superman... If he, two, excuse me? For me, there are only two elements that are needed for Superman. He's an alien come to the planet, and he's raised by good people.
1: That's icon. That's also yep. icon. So, um, once again...
0: So do you think he should do Icon instead of Superman?
1: I'm saying that there's material that he could do as a black actor that has not been presented by 47 other people over 30 or 40 some odd years or 70 years, and that it would be cool if he got that opportunity to do it. Doing Superman, as in Clark Kent and the story, yeah, it'll be a different storyline. Not different, different, but I mean, it'll be another approach. There'll be changes made. There'll be some new angles. Yes, all of that can happen. And there's even a way that you could twist it in such a way that it becomes, it stays controversial because how would the world react to him as a black man with that kind of power? And then that becomes, well, isn't that sort of what Dwayne McDuffie and others brought up when they were doing Icon? So, I mean, it could be, it. the script would be on another plane. Or they could choose to ignore the race thing altogether and just call uh-huh. it, you know, just call you it... You are in America, right? Yeah, and just call it, you know, non-traditional <laughs> casting. Okay? Yeah,
0: all right.
1: You know, I mean, is any number... How many people call Nick Fury out for being black? Nobody. There you go. So I'm saying that there's different ways they can go with this. But also, yeah. there are these characters that haven't had their shot. That if he was put in that position, yes, he could play it like crazy. So I'm just, I would like to see him do uh, a newer character. You know, do Superman from another world. I would find that interesting. But so you I'm not saying he icon? can't. Excuse me? You want him to do Icon? He—I didn't say I want him to do Icon. I said he could.
0: I'm pushing you.
1: Oh yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're the
0: Hollywood. You're the Hollywood mogul. Would you have him do Superman or Icon?
1: If I'm a Hollywood mogul, then that's a different mindset. If you're saying I suddenly have the kind, Alex Simmons suddenly right. has the kind of money to make that kind of film, then I would have to really consider it: Icon well, or the other Superman. Well, what do you think? Uh, I think I might go with Icon. Because there's okay. more story to tell there. You, once you uh, add in Rocket, you've got a whole other level. You can play uh-huh. to both the adult and, and teen uh, um, audience base. You've got a female hero who's alongside him who grows into her role and and brings a whole lot of, of, of the hero's journey just for herself, let alone discovering this guy. There's that dialogue that the two of them had in the comics, brilliantly written by you-know-who. Uh, not me, folks, uh, but Dwayne McDuffie. About, you know, how could you, because I don't know how many people listening to us know the, the, the story of Icon, but basically he was an alien that landed here on Earth during the, the slave days and the cotton fields and all that, and he, he lives longer, obviously. It took him longer to grow up or to grow into the adult form, but the bottom line is he took on the identity of a black person because that's who he first saw. his His alien form was not African American or black. It was something else, but he, he landed among the, the slaves, the continent. So he assimilated to that. Right. And so he held on to that identity throughout his, all these years. But then they said, well, if you had, you know, Rocket even said, you had this kind of power, why didn't you stop slavery? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And in a lot of ways, he's very conservative. He's almost, you know, he could, I think when he's when, almost Republican. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's pretty much what I was no, thinking no, about no, it. no
0: knock on the Republicans. They yeah. just no, no. But, the I mean, that's side that's of the exactly spectrum. that's where he 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 is
1: and was in terms of his manner and so forth. And he was wealthy. So ultimately, to me, there's so much more of a really fresh, powerful story that could be told there. I, being in a position to make a film like that would probably go for
0: that. I want to go one last question about this, and then I want to move on. Okay? Okay. So, basically talking Hollywood, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they would pitch, yeah, so Michael B. Jordan, you'll be the alien from Krypton who lands in Kansas and you're raised by mom and pop Kent you know and we think uh, these two older white actors would be perfect for that (laughs) (laughs) Mm. (laughs) now now what do you say
1: about that oh Uh, (laughs) well you know I don't have a problem with that
0: (laughs) I do I think you missed the point I think you missed a great opportunity you know oh, oh the older white parents are the only good people I, I disagree with that completely.
1: What are you saying you know, when you say that?
0: I'm saying that the backbone of America has been good people. Right. And African Americans have been tremendous people under amazing duress for the entire history of their time here from the entrance all the way through. So uh, the, the amount of uh, uh, Warm, loving, good, God fearing, uh, upstanding citizens that are African American that he could bump into. Yeah, there's millions and millions and millions of them. But and when I you, think when you that presented would be the this, way to tell this story. Minute.
1: When you presented this, when you just what you said just prior to that took uh-huh. it in a in a completely different direction, which was maybe yeah. a, a, a distraction trick that you just pulled because you said, well, I'm, you, I'm said thinking you said like I'm thinking you said like two women you said two women you said two women so to me i was dealing with what i have you were asking me would i have a problem with no, being no, a gay no. couple and i'm thinking two no right
0: i said i said two white actors you may not oh
1: i heard women. actress so that's what i was that thinking was
0: two white actors okay know? my point being that hollywood would think well the only way to make superman zoom you gotta have white people raise them and i think that would be a huge mistake
1: I would I would say that if Hollywood did it I I would have I would be amazed unless they have the 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 same mindset that the producers of Black Panther had I would be amazed if they didn't push for white parents I
0: would, would be I would
1: so, be I would be amazed no, I mean it would, would be, be cool so if they did but I would <laughs> be amazed I would be amazed because then you I mean cuz really there isn't a problem with with him being raised by black parents and again what story are they telling because he still becomes this incredibly powerful black man?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what's your story going to be about?
0: Yeah, but I for me that's that's the um that's how they let him off the, they let Hollywood off the hook by not stepping up by saying, well, you know, he got white values and therefore he's good. That's therefore he's a hero. I called BS on that, you know. Well, that would be you true. Go, you go, go full Black Panther and bam, right onto a farm or right into an African-American neighborhood and find hardworking people and, and think of the potential there. You know, who's working two and three jobs because it ain't fair here, you know, oh, who's finding ways to retain dignity when dignity is challenged on a daily basis. My, my, that's, to me, that's an intriguing backstory. It's
1: an intriguing story. And again, I would say if Hollywood went that way, I would be surprised. I would be pleasantly surprised. (laughs) But, But once again, too, what's the story you're going to tell beyond it? Because no matter who raises him, black or white, and they raise him with values and all that, when he gets to the point of flying around and being able to do the stuff that Superman can do, the world's going to react. And the and and what I'm saying is, do you take on? Not do you and I take on? Obviously, we would. Well, if they what would we, Hollywood we can do a
0: treatment for them? sure. W- yeah,
1: would, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> would Hollywood take on that story? Uh, you know, because uh, it, what the whole the whole what was it the last one with Cavill the last Superman story with Cavill was. i think it was was a whole almost like he's a god creature you know he's like he's like jesus or something he's a messiah yeah. he's being worshipped. so okay, yeah, okay they sub- played for that me, card that
0: subtitled Misfire. Yeah. but okay <laughs> they they
1: played that card so would they play the race card when you know they put a black body in that costume what would you do
0: well let me put let, let me put it this way i i if i'm a hollywood um uh decision maker influencer i might say go full black panther the reason why that did as well as it did around you know around the world is that the entire movie going audience could enjoy it of course but so many to quote mark bernardin another podcaster and writer that i listen to a lot is it one of the things that was so exciting was that you could see the audience you know the kids were taking pictures with the poster one kid said hey that must be what white people feel like all the time because <laughs> when you went there the entire movie looked like that yeah what a great statement about the american spirit if they were brave enough to do that 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 statement you know uh and again I'm the reason we're bringing it up is because I, unfortunately, I don't have as much of um, faith that uh, Hollywood has that vision.
1: You know. Yeah, and like you said, uh, I think you said earlier something about green, and I think you know that would be a part of the discussion. Well, you know, is what kind of money are yeah, you, you be look, looking at? You know. That
0: could persuade them. So now, having best said of luck all of that, Michael B. Jordan and to whatever they do, yeah. I do want to go another place that we uh, are talking
1: and, and, about. And I'm more than happy to do that. I Just want to pop this last thing in there. Having said, both of us having said all of this stuff, folks, uh, I would I would really like to see which way this goes because you know the, what we've said is our opinion and our view of things. I'd be curious to see what the world does with this. So that you know, I'm open to watch. As well, and see where this goes. So, anyway, you were saying.
0: Well, uh, you know, we've kind of been talking back and forth about Black History Month and all that sort of stuff, and how why limit it to a month. And one of the things that I want to kind of give a shout out about you is that you have an additional thing. Besides Shade of Hist- Shades of History, which was in the Blackjack comics, you have a museum exhibit, a traveling museum exhibit, color of the color of comics. And I was hoping you would talk about that a little bit, because that's not limited to February. It's a beautiful thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. You, you, you reach into my archives more often than I ever do. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the color of comics... I, you know, it's it's funny. I'm going to try and do this in, in a short. Um, the way I think, and the way I was raised, and and the, the 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 multiplicity of people that I know, different races and religions and so forth and genders and all that. That's that's the way I, I like to see the world. Um, I don't forget, and and I have no shame whatsoever in what I am racially speaking. I see that as a part of who I am, and and then who I am is my character, my nature, and so forth, and. One of the things that you know is quite obvious is uh, underrepresentation of people of color, and sometimes people of color or other nationalities create the characters to represent them, and that's cool. Especially if you're talking comics, you know, you get to see some of those characters drawn, as well as you know, good stories written about them. But I was aware of the fact that again, it was marginal. It was marginal at the time that I did this. This you know, some years some years back. Uh, I created um, just online. I said, you know, what, you know here's the Internet, and, and there's so many ways you can use this. I said, I know people like Tony Isabella. You know, so Tony Isabella and Trevor Von Eden created Black Lightning. And that was, you know, a character they created years ago, and it's out there, and it's had various incarnations and uses in the comic book world. And Tony is a short, little, round Italian guy. You know, I think, you know... Uh, Don McGregor, who we've talked about, and Jack Kirby, I feel are all two... All
0: short little round guys. Yeah, <laughs> short, short... well, he's round now.
1: He wasn't when he started. When when Don first started working on, on Black Panther, when he wrote Panther's Rage and, and all of those things, uh, Don, well you know, it's, it's Don McGregor. McGregor Scottish. He's a little white guy from, from Rhode Island. Um, Jack Kirby, Hell's Kitchen, white guy, you know. So, to me people who can create strong, positive characters who aren't what they are, you know, culturally or racially or gender-wise, you know, I I respect them and I respect the people of that particular order for creating characters who are positive and, 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 you know, strong representations of our race, our color, or whatever. So to me, I wanted to, to celebrate that. I wanted to put out as many images of characters of color who are powerful, strong, positive, and so I put this together, and I, I went to a lot of the artists that I know who either created these characters or drew them, and I said, a piece of art, please, and, and they they all jumped in on it. So this, it's online, but the the exhibit we did, um, because you can't run all over the world with original art unless you have gazillions of dollars' worth of insurance. So when we were, this is back in 2010, when we were invited to go to uh, Senegal in Africa and to the city of Dakar, and do workshops with the young people there and the school system and to uh, have a a panel at the university and to have an exhibit we printed up almost every image we had in that collection and we took it with us and we had a display, an exhibit in uh, a building that belonged to or at least was held by the American Embassy we had this large exhibit and Gene Adams went with me, Eugene Adams of Bronx Community College and Ray Felix, uh, who does a series of comics called Bronx Heroes, and they have different, you know, series have different names. We all went to Senegal, and we did these wonderful workshops. These videos of some of the, you know, clips of some of the things that we did. And to see black kids from so many different schools coming in, they, they brought them to the exhibit. I believe Gene said something like 1,100 kids saw that exhibit. And it ranged from African artists to African-American artists to white artists to uh, Asian artists who had done these characters. Jean Yang was a part of it. And uh Cisa de Samba, who is a, a, a Senegalese uh, artist, was a part of it. And it was this huge range in between. And that was exciting. But the one thing that, that rang in my head from that, I mean, there were many things that, that I was impressed by. the one thing that stuck with me. It was like the second day of workshops we were doing. The kids were standing in this huge room with all this artwork around them, and we were talking with them, and one child said to me that they had never seen black superheroes. And I'm standing in Africa, and I'm standing in a room filled with African or African-American people, and here's this probably 13-year-old, 14-year-old child saying to me, he had never before this seen that. And I was I was thunderstruck because I'm thinking at least there there had to be some representation on an independent level or a small level or whatever. And he had not encountered it. And some of the others chimed in. So I think that, you know, whatever we can do beyond twenty eight days and beyond borders, we should be doing.
0: Cool. You know, I have two more questions for you. Sure. February or not, what's blackjack's place in all of this in in Black history, African American history? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm going to answer that
1: by starting out with saying I'm biased <laughs> because it's my character, but I think it ties into some of what I said earlier about why I did it. Um, I grew up. From I was born in 1952. Okay, everybody, figure it out, do the math, you'll know my age. I was born in 52. 300,000. Close to. And I was born during a time when we were still riding the back of buses. When there were still restaurants we couldn't eat in. There were jobs we couldn't have. There were places we couldn't go. So when someone says to me nothing's changed, I got to look at them like you've been asleep. Okay. There's problems ahead. There's garbage just backwashing on us like crazy. But things have changed, and the only real loss is if we forget what's come before, forget what not only historical figures way back went through, but people just within the last 70, 80, 90 years went through to get us here. If we start ignoring all that, then yeah, it was for naught. Literally, I'd say, one of the things I point out and I think blackjack is very much a part of that, is human spirit. Mm-hmm. Indelible, and if I've used the wrong word, forgive me, but indelible, mm-hmm. powerful, strong commitment to a cause, to a belief, to the right way of living your life against all odds. And... And that's blackjack. Yeah, and, and, and again... There are really very clear decisions I made about how to treat him in the world. Yes, there's a lot of fiction in him being a mercenary or a soldier of fortune who doesn't do a lot of the things that one could say a vast majority of these guys living that kind of life would do. But he's not all that, for one. He's a product of his upbringing. He's a product of the times. And he is a man attempting to find and establish his own identity despite what he is told he is supposed to be by his own or by others and to be a black person traveling in the 30s and dealing with all of that to not even be able to go to an airport and buy ticket to wherever the heck you wanted to go and still do it and people did it you know that's powerful, and if we forget that kind of stuff, if we forget that that um, that certain women, those African American women, accomplished in, in, incredible things in that time. Bessie Coleman, Bessie Smith, you know that these are these are people who did remarkable things in that time period, despite that pressure. And that needs to be told. That needs to be told again and again and again. And yes, sometimes it's a history lesson, it's a documentary, it's a novel or a biography about them, straight information, hard, cold facts. And other times it needs to be a part of our legends and our mythology and our day-to-day entertainment because it needs to be reinforced or it needs to be served as a different type of dish so that other people can get it. I never created Blackjack to be only a black hero for black people he was meant I don't to
0: be him that way. right That's one of the to, reasons why i work so hard to try and uh, get permission to write him <laughs>
1: there you, <laughs> well there you go to yeah. me he is a hero he's my idea of a hero he's my idea of a man struggling to figure out who he is and he's tempted by things and has made some wrong decisions but he's trying to do the best he can and try to remember and honor those who came before him and ultimately yeah. that voice needs to be there which is why i've always fought to be the person who I—I'll I, put it this way—I've always fought never to be in a position where I could not write stories about him. Reality, if I get you know, if Blackjack appears in Hollywood in its original form or in a variation thereof. I already know that by striking that kind of a deal, there are going to be a lot of layers between me and the final word on that property. And and many people have gone through that, and and I've studied that over over like over the past hundred years. I can name right. people who had tremendous literary properties that once it got into the film world, they had almost nothing to say about it anymore. So fine, I understand that. But I fought never to be in a position where I could not continue to be the voice of my original character somehow, somewhere. And so I think that's, again, to protect...
0: That will give a wider audience to the work you've already done and the work you continue to do. Right,
1: and that, to answer your question, is, is a lot of where that comes from. And I think in some ways, you've done, you know, City of Sin, and you've created uh, Gunner, and I'm sorry, your other character's name? Mallory. Mallory, right. And although you don't say, again, I I wrote the story about these white police officers. You wrote stories about these characters, these two men that you know. And you know that as long as you're writing the book, their voice, the voice you hear, will be the voice that comes out in those stories. If Hollywood picks it up and you, you know, you strike a good deal with them, whatever it is, it's a good deal. Oh, I got the good money, and maybe I get my name up there, and all. You still know it's subject to new interpretations somewhere along the lines.
0: Stephen King said, "If you sign the contract, accept the check, know that they're going to do their version. Your version still exists.
1: That, there you go, and that's that reality."
0: I have, I have one more question for you. Probably the toughest question of the day.
1: <laughs> i already and, told people how old I am. What, what could be worse?
0: <laughs> having written Blackjack, Great American Hero. Thank you. And Archie. And Batman. And Scooby-Doo.
1: And Tarzan. So
0: many other characters <laughs> throughout your career. What's your place in all of this? Whether it's February or all year round. How do you see yourself as part of African American history?
1: You know, it's funny. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not hearing the question the way you think I should or might or whatever. I don't find that to be the toughest question. I think the one you asked me before that was tougher.
0: Well, I know that you hate talking about yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I, I do. I do. Uh, Lone Ranger, Lone Ranger. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a storyteller. That's, that's a lot of what I've been mm, most of my life as a kid, as a teenager, as an adult. Uh, I was an actor for a number of years, Um, I still do stuff now and then, I teach writing on several, you know, within several mediums, uh, because I I did that, but I also learned to do that by doing and by getting involved with people who then gave me some training and all that, but all of those things, on the stage, in front of a camera, or behind a typewriter, I'm a storyteller, I create characters and I try to tell good, compelling or entertaining stories. I would say that as an African-American who does that, I see myself as a person committed to telling stories about lots of different people, but I'm going to be damn sure I tell some stories where we're in the spotlight, where we're the lead characters, where we're strong, compelling characters, and not necessarily always good guys. Because I always see, you know, to me, I see the world as yin and yang there are good and bad people no matter where you go no matter what you are and to me for for african americans to to really accept their power in this world to be a part of the human race and accept our place there not the place that's been dictated for us but what our real place is we have to acknowledge there's good and bad in us and and once you once you can accept that we can be devils or angels then we can go forth full blown you know and say we are human beings, just like everybody else on this planet. so I try to make sure that I tell good stories, and I try very hard, whether it's about men or women or or you know black white uh native american uh a uh, uh, Chinese or Japanese whatever, I try and do my homework, and I feel that's my place to 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 be aware of what it's like to be marginalized and 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 segregated and and diminished in the in the big story of the human experience and make sure I don't do that to anybody else.
0: Beautifully said. <laughs> Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, don't limit yourself to a month. Just like Alex, every single day of your life find a way To tell
1: the damn story. Story. There we go. Okay, everybody. Hey, and and Chris, I'm going to do a little plug for our next episode. uh, Because I I believe our next episode drops next Sunday, right? A week from today? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for anybody who's going to catch it after the fact, you'll find out anyway. But just a little teaser. Next Sunday, chronologically, is also the day of the Oscars. That's correct. Right. And the episode that we will drop that morning, way before the Oscars occur, we'll have a guest speaker who may be one of the few people on the planet, on the planet, who could possibly out-talk both Chris and I at the same time.
0: Oh, definitely. You <laughs> and I are going to be very quiet in the next episode.
1: <laughs> so if you're curious about that, folks, write in, and I might tell you.
0: And, and there's, a direct, there's a direct link between this person and a Best Picture nomination.
1: You could say that. You could. You, yes, and, you and did say that. Yeah.
0: I just did. Yes, you did. I <laughs> thought I heard it somewhere. Yeah. So is this episode seventy three or seventy
1: four? Oh God, you had to ask me that. Um, I think it's seventy
0: three. Damn, that's too bad because this guy would make a great anniversary. But he'll be episode seventy four, and then somehow, somehow, we're going to have to. Make seventy five at least as special. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Pressure is on for us to yeah, tell the damn is. story yeah, in yeah. glorious ways. Here's another one. Right, right, so,
1: quickly, and write in, wait a minute, quick, write in and suggest who you'd like us to interview for a seventy fifth episode.
0: Michael B. Jordan.
1: <laughs> hey, okay, I'm on it. I'm on it. Right? <laughs> okay, buddy, you take care. You well. Okay. Have peace. a good one. Peace.